Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Kessel Run Comics Podcast. This is your host, Mac, and I look forward to being your guide through pop culture and comic books as we dive into three different segments. I have a community segment, a comic book segment, and then a segment on Christianity that will wrap up the evening. Each will be approximately 10 to 15 minutes long, uh, henceforth, but this is a new episode one. Though this is episode 45, legacy-wise, we have changed, um, to say it in the most layman terms possible. Um, obviously, it's me by myself now speaking here on the podcast, but that's not really even the biggest change. That's probably the smallest change. Um, the biggest change has been my progression through my way of thought, through what to cover, what's truly important. And I don't mean comic books or TV shows or movies. I mean, it's, you know, I've changed my lifestyle. I've changed my work ethic. I've changed my faith in my God. I've changed the way I eat to some extent. Um, you know, and it's all about that. I'm just trying to progress. I'm trying to be 1% better every day. Um, and, and ultimately I think that's what it takes is attacking the change and the transformation from as many angles as I possibly can. But anyway, I I don't want to get too profound before um, segment three. You know, I'll save all of that for the the Christianity because that kind of ties into um, more of what I'm going to talk about later. So stick around for that. Um, But that'll probably be at least another 15 minutes or so from now. Um, Anyway, so the first segment, as I said, I was going to cover tonight is some drama in the convention scene of our community. Um, How do I want to go about talking about this? Well, so this drama is all surrounding retailer exclusives or um, online shop exclusives, store exclusives. It's a very popular thing in our community. And sometimes I'm with it and I like it. And... I'd be hard-pressed to say that it. I didn't like it most of the time. Most of the store-exclusive covers are awesome. But they blow up print counts. A lot of people don't like them because they're hard to get, because they're exclusive through usually one store or one source, unless that person had to cooperate with another retailer of some sort and you know go in on the expenses that it takes to... Uh, publicate or, you know, create, print one of these store exclusive covers. Anyway, so Black Flag Comics have a history of doing covers uh, commissioned through Clayton Crane. Clayton Crane is a phenomenal artist. If you know your comic book art, he is 
always someone to look out for if you see his name on a cover, a variant cover, or a cover A before the book comes out and you can't see the the image yet, the art's not posted, then it's a good bet. You know, Clayton Crane is almost always a good bet. And the cover that he did for this comic shop uh, was pretty awesome. But um, most recently, they did an Ultimate Fallout 4 variant that was commissioned by him. It was a facsimile because about a year ago, or maybe a little less than a year. No, it probably is right at about a year ago. About a year ago, Ultimate Fallout 4. Um, if you don't know what that the significance of that book is, that is the first appearance in comic books of Miles Morales. Excuse me. Um, but Black Flag did their own facsimile or commissioned variant store exclusive for Ultimate Fallout 4. And the book was cooling off. Uh, a CGC 9.8 had sold on eBay for $36, for $40. The book wasn't selling the same way it had uh, straight out of the gate. And because of that, it looks like we kind of had a little bit of foul play. So allow me to divulge. So this print count and most print counts with store exclusives are almost always... 3,000, at least 3,000 through the big publishers, meaning Marvel and DC, the big two. Um, with independence, it's a little easier to get lower print counts for a store exclusive. But like I said, this is a Marvel book we're talking about. So the print count, I estimate, was at least 3,000, if not greater than. And what was said in this article that I read by Bleeding Cool was that... There were approximately 750 copies that had been left over from the original run of this special um, store-exclusive version of their Ultimate Fallout 4 facsimile. But then, with that leftover approximately 750 copies, they threw an acetate cover, which if you don't know what that is, um, it basically adds a few small effects to the cover. And what I mean by that is like, Part of the cover is clear, and part of the cover has stuff on it, so you can almost kind of uh, treat it like a flip book and just flip back and forth and kind of see the cover in a different picture, or you know, maybe characters go from being in a fight to being beaten and you know, kind of black and blue, um, or something goes from you know, being about to explode to exploding. Um, I don't know. You guys, I, I'm poor at describing what an acetate cover is. Just feel free to look it up and come back and join us. Um, anyway, so they take that remaining print count of about 750 and they slap an acetate cover on it that has the American flag and I believe a bald eagle. And it even says, in God we trust. And they made that price $85 and start selling that at C2E2 this past weekend or weekend before last. I forget which. Um, and it starts selling really, really well. And so that gets the attention of these Instagrammers and whatnot sellers and other online retailers or just, you know, retailers in general. And 
then apparently Black Flag was selling these influencers or you know big names in the community their books for hundreds at a time or you know 25 50 at a time and selling them for you know 85 a pop and then after making those sales turned around and immediately with the 200 odd 250 odd probably copies that were still left over they upped the price to 100 for the rest of the public um and then after that the crazy thing is this book is turning around and selling on eBay for $350 and then there's even been a CGC 9.9 that sold for 2 grand dude that's nuts and the crazy thing about all of this is Marvel didn't even greenlight the evolution of this variant they said yeah obviously to the commissioning of Clayton Crane to do their special Ultimate Fallout 4 facsimile store exclusive. Good lord, that's a mouthful. But they did not at all give them permission to slap the acetate over it and basically make a variant to a variant. Um, and so now I can't imagine what kind of phone calls going on between the you know publishing department or the... PR of Marvel or Marvel Comics specifically and Black Flag Comics or, you know, whoever the head of Black Flag Comics is. <sighs> Just, I don't know, man. It's, it's a powerful thing, greed. People just always want more and more and more. Can't be satisfied with just what we have. Sometimes you just got to let things die. And I mean, if, if that cover, the original version of it, was starting to kind of dip down and not pay for itself anymore, well, that's the price and risk you take when getting into the store exclusive game. And I don't speak from experience. I want to make a store exclusive here in the next few months or within a year. But, you know, as I said earlier, explaining briefly the... Print counts typically have to be at least 3,000, if not more, with the big two. And of course, I would, I would want to do a Star Wars book. And so doing that, I would either be pairing with Dark Horse or Marvel. And obviously, I would prefer Marvel. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean, store exclusives are tough, man. Like, it's a... Big financial commitment to pay for that. And then on top of that, it's just some of them don't even hit. Some of them f immediately sink. And ultimately, the thing is, it's a risk. It's a big risk because you have, you know, you're risking all of that money first up front before you even know how well the variant's going to hit. Because there's no way you're going to be able to take enough pre-orders to justify 3,000 print count. I mean, who takes that many, you know, pre-orders? I mean, unless you have just the biggest, maybe Midtown Comics, maybe Torpedo Comics can have certain books that have that many units of a pre-order. But for any guy, my comic, my comic book shop and smaller 
meaning literally Kessel Run Comics, not My Comic Book, My Comic Shop, because that is a website that you can buy comics from, and that's a comic retailer. But Kessel Run Comics, size and smaller. I mean, it's it's unless you just have this crazy gut feeling that your variant is going to hit, it's tough to do a store exclusive. Uh, that's why I've I've known about them, and I've had the contacts to create one for roughly six to eight months so far and i haven't tried to do one and the mandalorian comic just came out trust me i was foaming at the mouth practically to try and do one but ultimately you know i gotta make the right calls for my business and right now i'm just not at that stage but i want to be and with some more hard work and determination i'm gonna be there and it's not going to be too long from now well, with that being said, guys, we're going to transition into our comics segment because I don't really want to badmouth anything that Black Flag did. Um, I personally do believe it was unethical, but that's all I'm going to say. You know, Maybe they had reasons for it. I'm reading an article from Bleeding Cool, so it's not like I'm speaking to them directly. I'm sure they have a different opinion. Um, but the Bleeding Cool article was very unbiased. It did not lean one way or another. Uh, this wasn't written by some upset person who didn't get a copy of that book or, you know, I don't know. I just want you guys to know that, you know, it seemed very unbiased and I never plan on reporting or quoting or commenting on even anything that is bias because I'm just not. I'm not biased at all. I like to have my own opinion on everything and see things out for myself and hear people out for myself. But anyway, so comics segment. The comics segment this evening, we're going to discuss Planet Hulk. So Planet Hulk is this really, really cool universe. It's post-apocalyptic um, where Hulk has been banished to this world referred to as Sakaar. It goes by a few names, but the most popular one is Sakaar. And the Hulk is banished there ultimately because he is just starting to get out of control and he's not wanting to listen uh, as much. And so the Illuminati banish him out to Sakaar and that's what Planet Hulk is all about, uh, is basically what Hulk does when he reaches this world and this world is a gladiatory world. Obviously Hulk's tough and he can handle himself, but what happens when that's all there is and when the Hulk doesn't have to try and communicate with gentle life forms and simpler life forms. Well, I guess more complex life forms, excuse me. I guess they're simpler life forms because all they do is fight and war. But anyway, so the Planet Hulk is an old storyline or, I mean, not old, old. It's still a modern comic book. But the Planet Hulk storyline originates from 2006 and was written by Greg Pak and is argued by many to be top five best Hulk stories of all time. 
pardon me, I was getting a little bit, <clears throat> I was getting a little bit dry mouth, um, or parched, parched is a better word, jeez, now my voice won't stop cracking, <clears throat> I don't know what was up with that, okay, anyway, so, Planet Hulk, Planet Hulk is originally from 2006, as I said, but it is coming back this November. Planet Hulk World Breaker. This is going to be a five-part miniseries. It just got announced on Monday. So as of when we're recording this podcast, this is Tuesday, August 9th of 2022. So yesterday, on Monday, August 8th, they announced that there is going to be a new installment in the Planet Hulk mythos in the five-part miniseries World Breaker. And this series is going to, again, be mantled or uh, headed, I should say, I guess. I think I used mantled incorrectly. It's okay. It's okay. I'm a human. I make mistakes. Um, but it is going to be written by Greg Pak, and it's going to have interior art by Carlos Pagulayan. So, I love Greg Pak, personally. His Darth Vader run is awesome. Um, he's doing the World War Hulk right now, and that's really, really good. Or World War M. It's not World War Hulk. Um, but yeah, Maestro, World War M is what it's called. I was like, I'm definitely forgetting one of the words. But so anyway, I am super pumped up about this because Pack himself says that Planet Hulk storylines and his creation of this universe and this this era, I guess, so to speak, of Hulk within his own lifetime is really awesome. And he says is the greatest storytelling experience he has ever had. So, if that tells you anything, if you haven't experienced Planet Hulk, there's some big stuff going on there. And though I have not read the original 2006 Planet Hulk storyline, I definitely plan on reading it before November gets here and World Breaker is on the shelves because I will absolutely be reading World Breaker. Sounds awesome. And I have enjoyed Donnie Cates' Hulk run a lot. Um, not as much, probably, as Immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk was trippy, and, you know, it was... It had so many horror elements. It was just awesome. It was different. It broke the mold for Hulk, but still paid homage to his true nature originally, which was, he was kind of a monster and was kind of, you know, this Frankenstein-esque, you know, scary character to most of the other characters around him in the story um, and that sort of thing. So, super duper cool, pumped up about this. Uh, here's the synopsis. It says, a thousand years from now, a young woman with green skin searches for the legendary green scar. So, if you case, in case you didn't know, that's what everyone on Sakaar, after Hulk becomes a thing of legend, and he is just so well established as this not only gladiatory warrior, but this ruler 
and honestly a tyrant. Um, and yeah, so he basically gets coined as Green Scar. But so it says, a thousand years from now, a young woman with green skin searches for the legendary Green Scar to help her save her brother from apocalyptic cults. Or cultists, excuse me. It's my own handwriting messing me up. But which Hulk will she find after all of these years? Is he truly the Sakar son? So it's like the Ragnar son? The Sakar son? Who will save us or who will save us all? Or the world breaker who will destroy us? So after all these years, is he truly the Sakar son who will save us all? Or the world breaker who will destroy us? Obviously, that is super duper open-ended, and you can kind of take that however you like, but it's going to be super awesome. If you're a Hulk fan, I definitely suggest you looking into it and considering uh, picking this one up. Of course, you have plenty of time to order it. As I said, it's coming out in November, but it's definitely something to jot down on your calendar or make yourself a notification in your phone of some kind. All right, friends. Well, I feel like that's a good place to uh, wrap up the comments sec or comic book section. Jeez, the comment section. What am I, a YouTuber? Okay, so our final segment of the evening is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This has 13 verses in it. And I'm not going to lie, guys, after... Hearing this, uh, or, or a portion of this, this past Sunday at church, and then coming home and reading it myself fully, all 13 verses, I genuinely don't believe there is a better chapter in the entire Bible than right here. I mean, this is what it's all about, guys. There, there's nothing that comes close to this. So... All right, I'm, I'm going to begin, and I'm going to read all the way through all 13 verses, and I'm going to go at a nice pace so you guys can kind of comprehend and digest as I read. But then we're also going to dive back into it, and I'm going to go over certain areas that I really feel like have more underlying meaning or you know, are related to very real things that we're dealing with every single day. All right. If I speak in the tongues or languages of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and understand all knowledge, and if I have faith so strong that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give all possessions that I own to the poor and give over my body to the flames so I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. 
It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where they are, there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know in full, even as I am fully known now. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So, I think the most important thing that's said here in this chapter is probably verse 8. Love never fails. It genuinely never does. Because though you may, if you loved someone or if you love someone, it is close to, if not completely impossible, or impossible to completely, I should say, not fall in love with them. Unless they do heinous things, of course, for most who someone does heinous things. But even then, love can blind us from the craziest things, from the most hurtful people, and make them, shape them in a way that we comprehend as okay, or we justify the way they treat us, or the things that they do, or how they treat others. Um, and, you know... Like this says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no records of wrong. Loving someone means being willing to forgive them every single time they wrong you. For no matter what they wrong you. And... To genuinely believe that and have faith that they are going to change. And that that this time it is finally going to be the time that they, it clicks. That they get over the hump. That they transcend. That they, you know, transform. I used those two words at the beginning of this podcast. And, you know, I feel like, you know, they very well may just be the words of the evening. Because, as I said earlier, this podcast and my life in general, which is, you know, there is no, nothing more important to me than the transformation I've made in my faith these last few months and 
I never mean to push my faith on anyone, and I don't ever plan on doing that. But where I get any opportunity to witness, I will absolutely seize that opportunity, as should all Christians, as it is our duty to pass on the word of the Good Shepherd. That's what we're all supposed to do. That's, you know, kind of one of the promises and commitments and oaths that you take when you officially become a Christian. You're baptized um, and you accept the Lord into your heart. But another really important segment, I think, here is when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. That speaks volumes to me because it's it's so difficult to be self-disciplined as an adult and myself as a young adult. I'm 25 years old, or I'll be 25 years old in October. And it's so difficult to be self-disciplined, but it's something that as an adult, you have to do. No one is, no one is going to be standing over your shoulder. No one's going to be coming into your room in the morning waking you up. No one's going to be making sure you do your homework or do your work for your job. It's up to you, man. You got to, or, I mean, you just got to, just do it, man. It's, I heard this on a video earlier this week that said, if it's easy, do it easy. If it's hard, do it hard. Just get it done. Ultimately, that's what it's all about. You know, when you're a child, you want to blame other people. You want to shuck it off on someone else's. It's, oh, it's their problem. Oh, I'll let them worry about it. Oh, I'll, I'll just leave my tray here and not take it, you know, up to where I'm supposed to. Or, oh, you know, whatever. I'll just not go. And when mom tells me that I can't get this toy, I'll just put it right there on the aisle as we're waiting to check out instead of running it back to the actual section where I got it from. Um, and I digress that, you know, but as an adult, we're not allowed to reason as a, as children anymore. You know, it's kind of like people always say in our pragmatic world that, oh man, I just, it, it just skipped right on out of my mind. Oh, that sucks. All right. Well, Anyway, I'm not going to dwell on it. We're going to move on. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this entire chapter is so deep and so profound, and there's so much to get out of it. I mean, I could spend 30 minutes just talking about this um, the very from the very beginning. It's talking about you can have practically everything. It is saying that you can have Everything in the entire world, you can have all the money, you can have all the fame, you can have so many friends, you can have, you know, just objects, you can be the most talented artist, you can be the most wonderful singer, you can, you know, have the best personality and people love you, you can have all of these things, 
But if you don't have love, if you don't love your fellow man, if you don't care about the other people that we all work with and work against and, you know, this life will never be fully peaceful. We will always have war because that is our sin as man is we love conflict. We desire conflict. And because there will never be whole peace, it is even more crucial for the individual, all of us, every single human being to work together and work internally to make this world a better place, to treat people with respect and love and have faith and hope that this that things can change, that we can make a better environment for the future, not only physically with you know recycling and you know greener energy and you know all these other sorts of things, reducing the types of plastics we use you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, just having faith and hope for a more accepting future, a less bigoted future, a more open-minded future, um, a loving future, a future that is hopeful and is doing what Doing what's best for everyone. Doing the selfless thing. Thinking about everyone before ourselves. And ultimately, as I already said, we'll never get to that point where everyone will think that way. But everybody is not going to commit themselves. All we can do is control what we do and our commitment to our faith and our commitment to being a better person and our commitment to transforming ourselves in every aspect of our lives, how we want to transform and transcend yesterday's form and yesterday's skin. We want to shed it and become a new and just ultimately with that, there will be revelation of new ways of thinking, of new lifestyle, of rebirth and just constant growth. And I feel like that is what most people crave is while change is very scary to adapt and to become something new and to transform yourself. Gosh, I really just can't find a better word. I really can't that that just embodies the mental image that I get of changing yourself, almost the way that you would go through metamorphosis as a butterfly or, you know, a caterpillar into a butterfly is that is the most unreal change um, and evolution that you can get um, or, or that I personally can see in nature. I'm sure there are other examples that are equally as good, but that one truly is incredible, and I feel that's what we can all do. And it takes time, yes, to transform our lifestyles, to break these negative habits, to get out of a slump, to 
get out of bed on days that we're depressed or that we would rather sleep in or, you know, go to bed early when there are those nights that we have to stay up and prepare for something early the next day or just anything, anything that is a daunting task or is something that you may not look forward to. Ultimately, we have to do it because if we don't, it's going to hold us back in maybe one aspect, in maybe multiple aspects. But the whole goal of believing and having faith and having hope is believing that we can live up one day, hopefully, to the Lord's example and to Jesus' example while he was here on earth. And personally, I feel as long as you are attempting to live in his image and how we know he treated others and carried himself, then I don't think you're living bad. I don't think you're living wrong. You might not be a Christian, but ultimately some people will tell you you have to be a Christian to get into heaven. I don't believe that. I believe that Ultimately, for whatever reason, the Lord accepts you exactly for who you are, and he knows why you might be reluctant and why you might have that, yeah, just, um, yeah, why you might be reserved and why you might be scared of the commitment. There are a lot of reasons that people go through um, being scared to commit, whether it's to a relationship or to a new job or to a new lifestyle change that, you know, sucks and we don't look forward to. But we have to do it. Ultimately, there are a lot of tough things in this world that we just have to do. As adults, it is our reality. Um, well, guys, with that being said, um, I, I really enjoyed this. This was a wonderful podcast. I had so much fun talking with you guys. I think uh, we talked about some very interesting things and kind of hit on all kinds of different stuff in our three segments. Going forward, um, we will be continuing to try and make this progress of 1% change in every episode improving here on out. I'm going to be putting a lot more attention into the podcasts going forward. So I hope in the weeks to come that we will be building back up our audience and that all of you guys will enjoy this content. Please feel free to follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Kessel Run Comics. Uh, on Instagram, that is Kessel Run Comics, all as one word, K-E-S-S-E-L-R-U-N-C-O-M-I-C-S. And on Facebook, that's just Kessel Run Comics with spaces. Um, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Uh, well, it's not live. So for whatever time it is, wherever you are in this magnificent, beautiful world we live in, thank you so much for tuning in to the 45th episode of Kessel Run Comics podcast.